Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to answer some more questions? I see that you copied the template from last week. And welcome to another Pandas Talking Games. I am one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And it is totally not 25 minutes into our recording time. God, it's totally 26 minutes into our recording time. And we got the show off the ground. Good (laughs) good on us. Good on us. Look at us go. Hey, how's your arm? Uh, Since I just made the good on us, you know, fist thing with it, it's doing all right. Actually, it's really doing good. Uh, I went went to the doctors last week after we Mm -hmm. recorded the show. Yes, you did. And my arm was cleared for pretty much everything. I can hold, you know, heavier thing, things heavier than a cell phone. I can um, put weight on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, doc- the doctor said that in the x-ray, they, um, they couldn't even see uh, the fracture anymore. So, yeah, very good. Very though good. the doctor did say like the one weird thing to me, right? So like, first of all, he was really excited. He's like, put your hand above your head. So I put my hand above my head. And he's like, all right. He's like, nice range of motion. And uh, he explained to me the problem with the muscle tissue healing, and that's why the arm tenses up when I do certain like certain activities. But then he says to me, he's like, okay, he's like, so everything looks healed. He's like, so uh, the plate and everything stays in your arm unless you want us to take it out. And like, I'm looking at him like, what? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> I'm like, I got this like... 12 inch scar it's like 10 i think right so i have this like 10 inch scar across my chest and arm that had like 43 you know dermal staples in it and it's just healing right like Mm -hmm. it's still this big like red ugly line across my arm and i'm still like recovering from the muscle damage from the you know cutting into the arm and everything yeah and and he's like offering to go back in and like get all (laughs) the pieces out and i'm like like, no thanks no i'll keep it (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's fine. You know what else? I, you know what else? I figure I can do with it. What? If I'm ever attacked by a sword. Oh right, you and I need to like not arm. die. If I yeah. just like, I mean, I'll take a sick like it'll take a sick cut into my arm. Well, yeah, it'll hurt. But like it's not like gonna motherfucker. But it right, but it's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah, like, like it'll hello, just right, titanium it'll, plate. Yes. Yeah. Bang. Yep. Done. Yeah. yeah. Cyberarm. Yeah. So anyway, arm is good. Still recuperating. Probably don't need any PT. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to return to our uh, normal format because I'm um, gone back to work and I'm getting into the swing of things of actually getting like work done and show notes and all of that stuff. Although I'm enjoying this like quick shot format thing, but yeah, um, we'll, it's, we'll probably we may we may keep this and just intersperse this with like full episodes and then sometimes do some of these question ones because i've actually had a lot of fun doing these. Um, yeah, and well, we're going to keep it like this because we're both going to be where. In a couple break weeks. out break out in, and so we're gonna be working around convention scheduling out. and stuff do, um, do, do, to get everything done do, do, break out all right anyway we're gonna do a couple more weeks of this uh grab bag questions feel free to send us your grab bag questions we love to answer them like i said probably a couple more of these sometime in april we're gonna go back to our normal format yep. but i don't think we're ever giving this up like i kind of like these said that we should get on with the questions so chelsea clark on Twitter, who is at My Lady Irony, 
asked us, what are your tips for new GM nerves? My rice is a pseudo one shot. My rice is one pseudo one shot. There we go. Two sessions. Just turned into a campaign and I'm getting intimidated. I've not GM'd much and I've never GM'd a game that I was really happy with aside from this one shot. So first of all, high five. Yeah, serious high um, five. High five. Your one fi- your one shot was so good that all your players wanted you to turn it into a campaign. So first yeah. of all, high five on you because uh, awesome. you rock. Yeah. Yep. And you f- and you flipped a one shot into a campaign of which I think we did an episode yeah. way back. We definitely did. I don't know if it's gotten back into the yeah, um, if the it's website been and the back website up. debacle, but but it will be eventually. <laughs> right. Find your find your Mr. Mark bootlegger. To uh, to find old <laughs> to find old deep cuts like that. Okay. Anyway, so first of all, there's like a metric ton of new GMing tips. So the good part is Chelsea that there's no shortage of new GMing advice. I've actually written a ton of it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Gnome Stew's you know obviously a great place to go. I actually wouldn't recommend any of the books I've written. My the books I've written are kind of more like a two hundred one. Like you've GM'd a bit, and now here's some ideas. Right. Like Never Unprepared, Odyssey, and Focal Point are really more like a 201, not a 101. Right. It's a, um, it's a sleek your style kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you've GM'd somewhat, and now before you got to get set in your ways, here's some ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some good 101 stuff, actually, you can look at a Monty, uh, Monty Cook Games, I think, participated in the uh, new GM thing in January, because that's where we got, where Misdirected Mark got the idea to do new GM right. stuff. So. There was a whole month of that stuff, but specifically, I'm going to refer you to the Misdirected Mark website, episodes 294 and 295, which are on the website. I just confirmed it. Yeah, we did check. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are the uh, GM, it was Chris and I did a GM 101 parts one and two, and we did uh, a lot of technique stuff. Yes. So we we did like a lot of like, here's some like, here's some good 101 technique stuff based on the stuff we talk about on the show. But that's not what I want. That's not what I wanted us to do. Yeah. I wanted us to actually address uh, Chelsea's uh, issue about being intimidated. Right. Because, I mean, when it comes right down to it, honestly, the skills of GMing are something that anybody can learn. I think the key is not being intimidated so that you can just use them and remember them yeah. in the moment and stuff, right? And, and, we, and we're going to be, we promise we'll be more constructive than don't be intimidated because we get it. <laughs> um, I, I, I've I, been there. Yeah. I've been intimidated a lot. In fact, I'll be honest, and I don't think this is actually a thing I've I've talked about on the mics before, but for many, many years, I didn't run convention games. Right. Like, I was totally content to run home games for my peeps and and ran very good home games. But I used to be terrified to run convention games for strangers because I just didn't think I was really good enough to just run games for strangers but as it turns out it's really good that i did because that's otherwise this show would not be here it wouldn't Um, exist yeah yeah had i not gone to a convention and run a game for strangers yeah like you Uh, yeah and it's it is actually great but it is really intimidating and you know i've now been running lots and lots of convention games for like the last three years and i don't really get nervous anymore but it took me at least a year of like running games for strangers to just be like, eh, whatever. I know I'm fine. Everybody likes my games. So like, we're good. But like, it took me a long time to get to that place, like of just repeated experience of it always going well, basically. And it did. 
I would say that I never not get a little nervous. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. Like I, I had a um, I had a professor in college who told me like, look, if you don't get a little nervous before a talk, like, you know, like even just like uh, just a moment of butterflies, like, you know, something's something's wrong. Like everybody normally gets like a little anxious right before you, you step out to do a talk or whatever, even if you've done hundreds of talks. And and that actually has turned out to be true for me, like even, no matter. And I've given many, many talks, many, many presentations in a number of different venues. And um, I always for a second have like a, a flash of butterflies and start. And I still do that when I run con games. Like I've run a bunch of con games. Now uh, I'm running my own game that I designed. So like, I totally own like how the game works and what the settings like. Right. So I'm not trying, like, it's not like, does Phil really know how hydro hackers, you know, right. plays like <laughs> Phil is the only, the only well, one of mostly. two. You yeah. actually, you actually know a bunch of it, but yeah. So I guess our first tip of what we're trying to, of what, what we're trying to say is, no matter how much we help you or provide advice about being intimidated, there's going to be a little bit of a little touch of anxiety that you're never going to get rid of. And that's OK. Right. Um, and actually, when I when I said that I don't get intimidated anymore, what I really should have said was I don't get so nervous that my palms are all sweaty and my hands are shaking anymore. Right. I just get butterflies yes. in my tummy. Like, I, yeah, get, yeah, like I get I get it like people. I get it like right at my. Right. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I get it right at the chest level. Nerves. Yeah. But yep. like, I okay. used to like really get nervous. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did too. No oh boy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yep. So what we're going to kind of break open and talk about for a little bit is ideas of what makes us in, what makes us or has made us intimidated at the table. Yeah. And that's how we're going to provide you our advice is that we're going to kind of look at some of the psychology of why you might be intimidated. And we don't really know because we just have your tweet. So right. we're going to we're going to make some we're going to make some assumptions right. and we're going to, you know, some guesses based on personal experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Based on personal experience, we make some assumptions and then we're going to address them. Yeah. So do you want to introduce the first reason you might be intimidated to uh, to run a game? Yeah, absolutely. as a GM. Yeah, and this one is totally a thing, and it's still a thing for me, and sometimes in the past I have just given up trying so that I wouldn't be intimidated by it, and what it is is system mastery. So that's, you know, being intimidated because you're sitting down at the table, and you are not sure that you know this game well enough to play it, or, mm -hmm. and this is also can be very intimidating, or there there are one or more players who know the rules better than you do, Oof. right? That's yeah. a yep, it's intimidating. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Now, in now, my in my personal experience, the way that this worked out really well for me is I didn't know the rules at all. And then I was just like, oh, you guys know the rules. I'm just going to ask you questions when I need to know how things work. And it was hilarious. And it actually worked out really well. And um, some of that is because I don't have any. I don't know. I guess I, 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 even though I was very nervous about it and intimidated by it, I was also very like, oh, well, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> it's, I've done a lot of that in the last three years. So first of all, since you're running Rices, I'm, we're going to suspect this may not yeah. be your main problem. We're hoping, um, yeah, it's not affecting. Yeah. Rices is, a, for those who don't know, it's a uh, super, super light RPG. So it's not chocked full of rules. In fact, I think it's like a page, right? A page or two. Right, I don't um, remember. I only had the character sheet in my hand. It's super light. So yeah. um, it's this is probably not your thing. But 
there's a good chance you're going to, once you start GMing, you'll GM other games. So right. um, here's what I'm going to say about system mastery. System mastery is a function of time, right? Like you, you need to, you need to both study the game and play the game. Yes. And depending on your life, you'll know how much time you have to dedicate to studying and playing games. And based on that, my recommendation is find games that fit into the amount of time that you can dedicate to them. So in my 20s, I could run very crunchy games because I could dedicate a lot of time to reading up and studying and, and you know, performing, you know, like getting system mastery. But in my 40s, with two podcasts and a game company and a day job and being a parent, blah, 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 that time's much smaller. So I purposely seek out games that are less cumbersome because I can learn those and reach a system mastery in the time that I have available uh, for doing so. Yes. Um, so, so I definitely like, I definitely hone in on that. So that that's, I, that's my first point about system mastery. Do you have uh, any other tips about system mastery? Cause I have like one or two. Right. I mean, um, no, I mean my point about system. So my point about system mastery, actually, when it comes right down to it is that it is actually okay for you to not be as comfortable with the rules as your, the players at your table. And in my experience, the key to making that work is making sure that, um, you know, that expectation is set, right? Um, and having yeah. set that expectation, it means that you can be like, you know, cool, how does that spell work? Like, tell me, you know, how many D6 do you get or whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. And people aren't going to be like, oh my God, you don't know, like... That won't happen. Now, where it could be a problem is if you don't tell anybody like, oh, my God, I, I've read half of this book and these players have been playing this for three years. Like, then you could get yourself into trouble. Like, just be really upfront if you don't if you don't, if you're feeling uncomfortable with how well you know the rules. And when I say that, sorry, one more thing about that. That doesn't mean downplay your ability to run this game. So that doesn't mean walk up to the table and say, I'm so sorry, guys, this is going to be kind of crappy because I don't know the rules very well. Uh-uh. That means, hey, guys, I have this really fantastic game lined up. I don't know the rules as well as some of you do, so I might ask you for help. Right? Yeah. I think there's an important thing that we, we both have said, and I want to make clear. Yeah. The ability to GM right. is not actually tied to your system mastery. Correct. The truth of the matter is, I can GM any game. Yeah. How smoothly I handle the rules of the game is uh -huh. a function of how well I understand the rules of that, that particular game. But the truth is, the ability to manage the table, to tell an interesting story, and to be entertaining, that's the GM skill parts, and those parts transfer from game to game. So as you grow more comfortable and as you grow more experience as a GM, what you're going to learn is that you can GM any game you may just not completely understand how to run a particular game. And then going back to what Senda said, sometimes you don't have to initially be the expert to do that. <laughs> sometimes um, you can make your best friend know all the rules because you never even read the book, but it doesn't matter because you're going to run the game anyway for a campaign. get a lot of mileage on that fourth, fourth edition story, <laughs> I know, don't you? I really do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no matter what, if you're all playing a game for the first time, like you just picked up Tales from the Loop and you read it and no one else is, you know, and everyone else read it or not, and you start playing, it's always clunky. Yeah, it's just going to be. 
It just, I mean, that part's, that part's clunky. You can still tell a great story. You're just, you know, you may have to flip through the book to figure out how to, like, you know, use the rules. Yeah. My last part of that, which will actually tie into our next topic for why you might be intimidated, is that when you're learning a new game, my preferred way, and this is me, because if we think about it, learning styles are different from everyone. Absolutely. So, some, so a few tips some people might like go watch a actual play on twitch mm-hmm. because they're visual learners right so mm-hmm. they watch it and they're good some people might listen to an ap be right me. because they're an because they're an auditory learner mm-hmm. what does the best for me is i make cheat sheets yeah the act of me making a cheat sheet mm-hmm. hammers in the mechanics for me so I might make a cheat sheet for how to do a certain thing, or I might make the GM sheets because the, you know, nobody made them for me. And in doing so, it kind of cements the game for me. That is going to be based. So however you were good at learning in school is probably how you're going to be learning a game. And you should kind of follow that. And the cool part is nowadays um, you can almost always find the example for what you're looking for in any of those formats. Yes. And, and you know, some combination of the things is great, too. Like, I usually listen to a podcast and read the rules, right? But listening to it kind of te- teaches me how the flow of the game goes, that it's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to pick up just from the text, that kind yep. of thing. Anyway, I, we, I, we I, should move on, because we're pretty sure this is not actually an issue for Chelsea in particular. Right. But it could <laughs> be someday in the future. Well, it could be, yeah. In case she switches games. It's entirely possible. All right, so what's the next reason that you might be intimidated about GMing? Uh, you might not feel like you're prepared to run this game. Like, a- Absolutely. Yeah, because, and, and there's something to be said about that. I'm, for years and years, I thought that I was a terrible GM because I would sit down and I would plan everything, every little detail, and then I would get to the table, and would have all of these notes, and they'd be like tagged and everything. I would try and flip back and forth, and I wouldn't be able to remember what the heck was going on. And I wouldn't be able to find any of my notes fast enough. And it was super clunky and terrible. And I thought that I was an awful GM and I stopped running games ever, right? And when it comes right down to it, the hilarious thing about that is that my problem was I was actually (laughs) over-preparing for how running games works for me personally, right? And so I know what Phil's going to say, so I'm going to jump on his toes and say it. So he's going to say... That the amount of prep that you need for a game is the um, is the amount of prep that you need to feel comfortable, not that you need to plan everything, right? Absolutely. In fact, as I have been fond of saying, that the goal of prep is to make you comfortable enough to run the game. Yeah. So you need to you need to discover what that looks like, and the kind of the way you discover it is you discover it by coming to understand where your strengths and weaknesses lie at a given moment, right? So here's the other thing about prep. Prep changes over time. Yeah. And it changes based on game. Yes. So don't worry about it as your as your quote prep system. Worry about it as your what do I need to prep right now? Yeah. For this and rises game. Yeah. For the immediate future, this is what I need for prep. And what I mean by that is like say you're super awesome at NPC dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you just like when players talk to the NPCs, you just can off the top of your head, you know, come up with this amazing dialogue for your NPCs. Don't prep that. Yeah. Trust your skills on that. 
Yeah. But if, for instance, if you're like me, I have a terrible time with people's names. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so part of my prep is to make sure I either have a random name generator or in my notes, I will name all the NPC, all the important NPCs so that I don't freeze up in the middle of a session because I don't have a name for the mayor. Yeah. Right. Or I'll do that thing where I'm like, somebody named the mayor, right? Yep. You can also pawn that off. Always source the table for things. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. You tell me a thing. Yeah. That's a, that's, I mean, that's like a one-on-one tip um, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But, but your prep is really, your prep needs to be the support network for you to run the game. So going back to the system mastery thing, if part of your thing is like, I always have trouble remembering like this particular chunk of combat, put that in your prep. Yeah. It's okay. Like your prep can have a chunk of the rules in it. Your prep can have the plot line. It can have character dialogue. Like I do a lot of mystery games. And so part of my prep includes like, here are things that here, here are clues that have to get delivered to the players in this scene. Yeah. Right. Like, it may be like devoid of other information, but in, for that game, like I got to put the list of clues in there. Yeah, I'm not going to say whether you should write copious notes or take or put it on index cards or anything like that. You do the thing that's comfortable for you. I if you're if you want my tip, my all time favorite place to prep is OneNote. I absolutely adore OneNote and um, it's available on all platforms and it syncs through the cloud and I can use it on my iPad. Hell, if I get in a jam, I can actually pull my my game notes up on my phone and you know i could run i could run a game from my phone in a pinch right so i i like it as i like it as my ultimate prep platform but hell you do you if you want to write it in a journal i've done it i've done every if you can think of a form of prep i probably have prepped a game like that index cards post-it notes journals uh, Moleskine notebooks, Word documents, Google Docs, HTML. I once did. Like, Blech. do not. Why? Do not. Un- oh, because I hyperlinked everything. Okay, that's. I was like, I made like a. I made like a mini like- website. I made like a mini website. So like, I would like you know you I would write doing, the prep and I had the end making a wiki manually. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a fun way. That doesn't no. sound like fun. Yeah. Okay. So our tips about prep, right? Prep is to get you prepared. Prep is the things you need. No one's going to read your prep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it it looks like. Only for you. (laughs) Exactly. It's only for you. Oh, and the last part, um, and you kind of hinted to this, Hmm. you are not committed to use everything in your prep. Yeah. If you put a whole bunch of stuff in the prep and it made you confident to run the game and then you like ignore it and just run an awesome game. It's yeah. still valuable. Great. Yeah. It still got you comfortable <laughs> enough to run the awesome game. Yeah. Right. Don't worry exactly. about it. Yeah. You are not beholden to your own prep. Yeah. Nobody's going to grade you on yeah. your how players, much of your prep matched your game. Your players don't know what's in there. They will never know unless you tell them. You do not have to tell them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, you good. save it for That's next a, time. <laughs> yeah. So by all means, just, you know, prep, don't overthink it and don't freak out about it yeah okay lastly what's our last one yeah lastly is um and this is a thing that i know i've definitely experienced and i don't know you probably have too which is sitting down at the table and thinking like my ideas are dumb like nobody's gonna enjoy this game 
this is not as smart as I think it is. Yeah. I designed a dystopian world about water theft. I have on many occasions sat and been like, this game is stupid. Why would anyone want to play this game? <laughs> yeah. So it's the thing. I mean, and, 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 and yeah, I, I mean. Here's the thing. You are a much harder critic than your players are. Oh, that is so unbelievably true. I mean, your players want to come to the table and have a fun time. They're not going to sit there and nitpick the like the validity of your NPC's motivations if they just had a rousing time with some sort of wild combat. The only time people get super critical about a GM's plot is when they're already bored. Right. Or when um, or when you do like some sort of bait and switch or something where they're like and you're like, oh well you should have seen it coming and they're like, you know, something like that. And but don't, oh, in the don't GM- do that. In the in the misdirected Mark GM one oh one. I know it part, says like, there's a whole do thing not, about don't be clever. Don't be clever. Yeah. I remember it. I was watching that episode. So Yep, don't be clever. Yeah. So your ideas your ideas aren't dumb for starters. Second, your ideas don't need to be as sophisticated as you think they need to be. Yes. <laughs> in fact, too much sophistication really just doesn't come out at the table. It doesn't come across. Yeah, right. players lose players lose the nuance of your stuff. Like if you have like a super nuanced plot. Yeah. Um they're not going to get it all. They're not going to get it. The players are looking for the next screen to get to. Yep. And as soon as they figure out the screen, mm-hmm. they're going. Yeah. They're not going to linger and <laughs> yeah. pick up every object in this room. So, I think what we're trying to say is one your ideas not only are not dumb, but two your players aren't looking that hard. Right. So it doesn't matter. Just, you know, don't tell them at the end. It basically, there's there's a thing about, like, refraining, especially in a campaign. You can say, hey, how did that go? But try to refrain from, oh, my God, I ran that so horribly. I missed all this stuff or whatever. Right? Like, you can fix it next session. It's okay. Like, that's one of the things about running this as a campaign now is you don't have to jam everything into a single session. Right? If you don't like the way that your idea played out this session, that's fine. You have another session. You can take what you've got from this one and uh, and just take another stab at it, right? And see if it'll go more the way that you thought or intended it to. Uh, yeah. Let's. Can we add one more thing to this? Can we kind of tack this on? Or do you have anything yeah. to add to the, the ideas or dumb? No, part? no, no. Okay, go because I, th- I think that the other thing, and this tacks on to both the ideas and not necessarily being prepared part is... That fear of like, what if I don't know what to do when my players act, right? Like, what if they do something Uh, and I freeze up? Uh, You know what? My best advice for this after 30 years of gaming. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Own it and ask the table for some help. Right. And it's and it's the the thing to remember, I think about being a GM, and this is the thing that makes it the least intimidating to me. Tell me if you agree. Mm. Is that um, this is a group endeavor, and it's not all on me, and that we are all gathering for the same purpose. And so, if I need someone to kind of back me up or help me out, they're going to. So I'm going to say that yes, I completely agree with you, comma today. <laughs> when today, I came yes. up as a GM, yeah, that was not the case. Yeah, and that was kind of intimidating because the GM was expected to kind of be everything. And you didn't always farm things out to tables. Like, that wasn't a thing that was done 
very frequently. And so there was a, a, a little more pressure. I think that today, I think that games are far more cooperative. And I think that people get the idea of collaboration and that kind of improv, um, you know, that improv collaboration together. And so, yes, I think that that is awesome. But- and yeah, I think it, I think it helps greatly. And I think to your point, when you don't know something, just own it. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to appear again. This is an old eighties flashback thing. It is. You don't have to appear all knowing and infallible to the players. You are not the wizard of Oz. Right. Right. Like, yep. Like that, like, but when I was a kid, yeah. that's how GMs were portrayed. Like the wizard of Oz. I mean, yeah, the like, all seeing, all knowing I have a screen. I literally am the wizard of Oz, right? right? Like, do not look behind the screen. Yes. Right. Yep. And you're like but, a, a short little dude with weird hair patterns and red robes. Right. But today, but today that's like completely different. Today it is far more about we're we're in this together to have a good time. Hey, why does the shopkeeper dislike you guys? Like I, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you guys I mean, tell me. You can yeah, you guys tell me that. Make let's make this interesting. Um, you'll grow into that. Yeah, you'll you'll grow you'll grow into that. But I would just say, like you said, own it. And you like we talked about this before in system mastery. Like in system mastery, if you lock up and you don't remember a rule, ask somebody at the table. Yep. Or you know, tell everybody you know, hey, I gotta go look this up real quick. It's okay. Right. It's okay. It is okay. The, and they're your friends, right? Like <laughs> we're all friends here. Even when you go to play a convention table, you're still if you just friends. tell everyone you're a new GM, yeah. you get a lot of support. Yeah. And, and I think I want to go to the last one, which is about cred. Yeah. And, and, here's what, and here's what I mean. So one of the reasons you could feel intimidated is you could be a relatively new gamer, right? Like, hey, maybe I've just been playing games for a year, but my game group are like these, you know, 30-year-old vets. Yep. Like who've been playing. Yep. And, you know, I got to run this game for these people and holy shit, how, you know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not worth, I, I'm not worthy to be sitting here. Right. I don't know so, all this stuff they've been playing for forever. Yeah. Right. So first of all, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. Every GM has been in your spot at some point in their GMing career. None of us. None of us picked up a book and was like a kick-ass, amazing GM from day one. None of us have ever not screwed up a session. Like we've, like we've all done it. Uh huh. The 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 skeletons and dead bodies of failed campaigns and sessions litter the battlefield of my GMing career. I have massacred everything that could be massacred in learning GMing. So if everyone at that table has played for 30 years and are all GMs as well, they were all you at one point. Yep. And if they're asking you to GM, they already see that you're doing something cool. Right. You'll just get better at it. Yeah. And and if they're asking you to GM, that means that they're also putting in to help. And you can straight up say, help me out on this part. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even outside of the game, you can they yeah. can coach you through. Like, yeah. you know, like good, good GMs always help other GMs. And so outside of the game, if you're open for advice and you should always be open for advice, you know, GMs will be like, hey, you know, you ran that combat really well. But you know what would have like really like, you know, like next time you run it. 
uh, try doing this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know, do you have any more on that topic? Because I, I, I'm always... Okay, good. Because I, I, I think cred's yeah, important. Pretty good. Cred, I think cred is important too, and I think I think I think cred is a lot of what get, what can give people um, the uh, intimidated feels too. Mm-hmm. And and that one is that one is actually like entirely in our heads. And I totally, man, do I get that? And it's okay. And and really, that one, my best advice, honestly, for the cred one is just do it. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. When I first met you, we uh-huh. were at a at a gaming convention, uh-huh. um, and we actually met the first time somebody somebody brought me to your table, right? So here you are, yep. uh, like about to run a game, yeah. And one of the guests of the convention like uh-huh. drops in on your table, yeah. One of the guests of the convention who I read your bio, and I can still tell you <laughs> that your bio is damn intimidating because it is like three paragraphs packed with cred, right? Because it's you wrote the book on this and you did the this and that and anyway yeah yeah so speaking of intimidating people to sit down at your table no no I'm not intimidating this that's the point of the story is that I'm not intimidating that you have missed the point of this you have missed the point of this the point of the story is actually that I went oh okay cool and then um and then I had my little nerves because I was still having lots of nerves at that point. And uh, and then I ran Lasers and Feelings, and you were a fantastic player. And then afterwards, you were super impressed with me because I ran the whole game from one sentence on a note card. Right, because here's <laughs> the thing. Even though I sat down at that table to play that game, and yes, at that point, I had written several GMing books, whatever, you know, wards, whatever, I actually wasn't that good of an improv GM. And I was super impressed that you ran a whole game from a post-it note with two sentences on it. And I was like, wow, she's really awesome. No, like, only one I can't sentence. do that. Only one sentence. Only one sentence. Sure. But I was like, I like, I was like, I was super impressed. But for you, like you're sitting there thinking like, oh my God, this like GM like guy is, you know, is sitting in judgment. But I'm on the other side of it going, oh my God, like she's only got like one sentence on that post-it yes. note. How is she doing this? <laughs> So yeah. the point being is that like we're so we're one we've all been like every experienced GM has been there but two not every GM is good at at every type of GMing so like we wind up being in awe of people like we're like we're just it's just normal don't don't let the cred thing psych you out yes yeah, yeah, by the way we're only doing one topic tonight yeah yeah um, I, I realize I'm on a roll like, yeah we're just keep going on this because. Yeah, this is this is really good. This is one topic. We just keep going. The cred thing, I had one more that I was thinking about. Oh, this is all learnable. Yes. So, yeah. So so first of all, let let me say this because I have never I never cop to the exact number nor do I make the list, but jamming's like eight different skills. Yeah, I was going to say is it eight? Time. Is it eight yeah, things? It's eight. Yeah. It's eight things you're doing at the same time. Yeah. When you start, you're not going to be good at all of them. Off the get-go. You're going to be good at some of them. Yes. And then you will you will learn to be better at the other ones. Like, I, for the longest time, was never good at character dialogue. And then over time got, like, I think actually really good at character dialogue. Like, I love, I love doing, I love getting into NPCs and kind of playing NPCs, right? Like, I, I, I dig, I dig that when I get on a roll. But not, wasn't always my strong point when I was a, um, 
when I was a younger player. Now, as a GM, like I don't do uh, accents. <laughs> I don't like. I don't do accents. I'm not trained in it. I didn't take theater. I, I, I'm not. I'm not good at it. So even thirty plus years in, I I just don't do them. Like I I, I will say that somebody's doing it, right. Like yeah. he speaks with a thick Russian accent and he says, and then I just keep talking. And it's just not a skill that's in my repertoire. But if you get like a like an Eli Kurtz or somebody, Freaking right? Like James D'Amato. James D'Amato, right? Like I like that's not that's not a me thing. No. But I love doing accents. I'm terrible at them. And I Right. It's hilarious and ends up usually being pretty funny because I just own the fact that I'm terrible at them and then do my best. If the game is funny. I'm totally cool with that, but right. I have oh, actually capped, I've actually capped players who were like, That's I had a player once who, who did a, I was running conspiracy X and they wanted to do a Russian accent. And after like two sessions, I'm like, you, you can't do the can't. accent anymore. Yeah. It's too I'm like, crazy. It's, it, it's your accent is funny and this game is not funny. Yeah. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Right. It has a lot to do with the atmosphere of the tone. Game, right. Yeah. Tone has tone a lot. Tone thing. Yeah. So oh. as a, as a GM, you're juggling these skills. <laughs> no, you keep going. I'll- right. You're juggling these skills. They're going to be uneven for a while. And some of them you may not even embrace. Like I said, like I have never embraced accents and I probably won't. Um, <laughs> I'm 45. I don't know. I don't foresee me getting into acts like branching off into accents. You're not but going to get into Russian, bad Russian accent. <laughs> no. no. I'm more afraid that what I'm going to do is just upset somebody at the table no, at some really point. It's really terrible. Right? That's why I always apologize in advance. But as another point, a few years ago, I could not improv GM. Yes. And then I made a serious concerted effort to learn to improv GM and went out and ran games with zero prep. And I, you know, if you um, like I took uh, a lot of uh, Chris's way of GMing and I kind of I kind of studied him and dismantled him (laughs) until I kind of got how he did it. And then I went and recreated it. But that's a case where I did not have that skill for a long time in my repertoire and then decided one day that no I need to also be able to be a zero prep GM. And today now I have both of those. So when I want to prep I can prep and when I don't want to prep um I'm good. Yeah. Um so you you will learn you will learn the skills along the way and they are totally learnable. Do not think for a moment GMing is some sort of natural talent that it's like encoded on a gene that only certain people get. It is totally not. It is totally learnable yes. um, in every facet. And there there are an, an overwhelming amount of resources and, and that's there just are. So any particular facet that, you know, once you start going in that you're like, oof, wow, this one particular thing is really tricky. Like Google is going to turn up so many answers, yeah. <laughs> so many, so many varieties of ways to deal with it. And when you see somebody and you're like, wow, that person's like amazing. They're like, you know, like a phenomenal natural GM. Those person, those people screwed up the most. Yep. Like. Yeah, we learned the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Like they got the most dead bodies and, you know, laying behind them. Like, Uh oh, God, I've done everything that you could do wrong in a game. (laughs) Um, And I mean, that's a lot. Not everything. 
Oh, I've done the bait and switch. That is one thing that I was literally thinking of that I have not done. Oh, I was so proud of myself with that bait and switch, and it blew up right in my face. Well, yeah. The the other part is don't berate yourself about mistakes. Right. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have sessions that are flat, and they're not necessarily going to be your fault. They could be the table's fault. It could just be a bad night. Like... There's plenty of those yeah. and they come and they go and you just, you know, over time you wind up running more better sessions than less better sessions, but it happens to every one of us. I just played a couple nights ago with Chris and he was like, oh, he's like, that session was really flat and not good. And I was like, going back to the, the my ideas dumb part, I'm like, yeah. no, actually, it really wasn't that bad. It may have seemed flat to you. It was right. fine for, like, for we us. were all fine with it. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I was really off. And it was like, yeah, but the rest of the table did fine that night. Like, don't sweat yeah. it. Yeah. And who cares if it was flat? Like, everyone runs a flat game. Just go run another one after it. Right. Just, you know, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't. I, I feel like I feel like that's a pretty good um, list of of reasons why you might get intimidated. Can you think right. of any other reasons why somebody I, might get psyched out? I really can't think of any other reasons, and I'm also gonna just say like straight up, hey Chelsea, if you have a specific thing that you are feeling intimidated about, tell us. Drop us a DM on Twitter. Do whatever. We are so here for you. We are so excited that you're gonna run a campaign. Um, we will support you. You, yeah, you and, can and do this. we don't even have to make it like a show thing. Right. Like you can just like, talk to us. Right. You can just talk to us. We don't we don't have to you don't have to yeah. like submit a question to to hear to the world or whatever. Just you know. Oh. I have my last thing. Oh, there's more. It, it ties in it ties into some of the stuff we've talked before. Okay. Um the best GMs are lifelong learners. Yes. The the best GMs never think that they're actually the best GMs. Yes. They think like I'm a good GM who ran a good session. I could be a better GM. Yes. And I'm going to practice more, do more, learn more. Um, the people who think they're God's gift to GMing. They're terrible. A, usually aren't. <laughs> um, and B, you're not going to enjoy their tables. No. The people who are the people who are humble, the people who believe that this is work and that I will work to improve and things like that make um, really the best the the best GMs. And so start on the path because you're starting right now and just know that um, this it, it all gets better from here. Your games get smoother. Um, you're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to learn stuff. Um, and in time, you're going to go from being completely intimidated and terrified to running it for running a session down to the little bit of flutter um, before you run a session for strangers. And not even be nervous when you're running for friends. Yeah. And it'll be cool. And then you'll have your repertoire of skills and you'll be awesome. And you'll be running tons of games. And this will be the part where you're like, oh yeah, the whole thing started because I flipped this one shot into a campaign, but now I run, you know, tons of stuff. Everything. Yeah. 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 So go forth and do it. We're totally here for you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I think that brings us to the end of this topic. Um, and based on the clock, it's bringing us to the end of the show. Oh my gosh, yes. And so, Senda, before we head into the closing, tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. So let me tell you about Advantage to Insight. One fan, one topic, and the best result. Advantage to Insight speaks to the fans of Dungeons & Dragons and what interests them for you. And it's Wayne. He's a cool dude. He got us pandas. There you go. Yep. 
Say, Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us an email panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or manage to scratch our email into the stone of their castle walls, what can they do with it? You can send us your topics. For right now, we're still looking for those AMA-style questions. We love them. Um, but you can also give us those one-shot and campaign uh, topics. We're queuing them up and getting ready for when we go back to doing full-size episodes. These are full-size? Um, I'm editing! Say, Senda, besides the topics, which we love so much, what else can people do with our social media information? Well, you can send us your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting down to play a game, or if you're going to sit down to GM for example, um, you should take a table selfie of you with those awesome peeps and you should send it to us so that we know how awesome it is that you are running that game or playing that game because we love to go by and like those. If you love what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please back our Patreon campaign. Listen, I could go into the whole thing, but we're running low on time. <laughs> Patreon campaign's awesome. If you get in, you get the Slack Room for Life and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Bonus outtakes. Um, but we bonus out to stop I'm, I'm trying not to make it any longer we also like to shout out to our patrons and i'm just going to do them really quick eric jefferson the lord of endurance mm -hmm. that is definitely a title you want in the bedroom like <laughs> lord of endurance. oh there we go we hadn't had any bedroom talk yet there we go okay uh austin lemke uh austin you rock and dennis malloy thank you so very much send i'm just going to keep going so we get to the end of the show here the other thing you can do besides support the patreon is you can go leave us a review at apple podcast it's a stupid name it's itunes just go to <laughs> itunes and leave us a review but they don't like us to say itunes so apple podcast it is so just go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And we definitely want other people to find us because uh, that's how we get uh, more people to listen to us and get um, more cool topics. And with all that, send us. Uh -huh. Show me what you do to keep your nerves steady before the big game. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Yes, yes, yes. You ready? Okay, ready you count, in. Or yep. you want me to count in? You count it in. I'm not allowed to count in. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to count in. You're correct. Thank you. All right, ready? Three, yep. two, one, clicky. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, so Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And also Mirror Glazed Cakes. Uh, yeah, Mirror Glazed Cakes. That, that actually happened before we went on the mics. <laughs> yes, that I was, know. That was my fault because I'm I was scrolling through Facebook and saw them. <laughs> and know. basically, I just saw like shiny, pretty colors. And then I was like, oh, right. I can eat that. Like, it's right. shiny, pretty colors and I can eat it. And, I, and then I, I like was that. like. Holy, holy cow, this is just like all this poured paint acrylic stuff that I've been super into, except that you do it on a cake and not with acrylics, and then you eat it. I mean, making paintings for your bathroom, that's cool, but making a cake that you could eat, like... Oh, no. You had to say that. I have this fate point. I'm going to tag your yeah. all or nothing. <laughs> 
Right? I'm just like, challenge accepted. I already found the recipe. I just pounded down that whole coffee. It's cool, Oof. right? It's midnight. Yeah, it's cool. It's fine. You're going to sleep tonight. <laughs> right? Totally, that's man. cool. Right? That's, that's right? Fine. You're good. Bloop. Like I've been. Are you blinking? I'm looking at you. I'm, Do you blink? I'm actually blinking so many times that it actually just <laughs> looks like my eyes aren't blinking. <laughs> just blinking so fast. I'm actually blinking in time to the refresh rate of your monitor <laughs> that it appears that I'm not blinking at all. <laughs> Bloop. Mm, Is it disturbing? <laughs> you guys are not getting this visual and it's sort of amazing because he's doing weird creepy head things like looking at me all funny with his eyes all big that's like my cthulhu cultist face yeah that totally was and you realize you've got your hood on too so it's I, like super i do but see i backed it off a little like it's just on the back like it's on the mid part of my head and back because it's just my I, neck you're that's wearing cold. it like leia yeah you're wearing it like a leia hood yeah yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's cold, man. It's uh so I, I was like systematically taking apart this argument and I'm like, look, as for the prep thing, I've literally written the book on doing prep and I'm fully comfortable ad-libbing my games completely. I'm like it's not a one what right way. It's a preference it's a GM preference of style. Yeah. They produce very different things. They do like they're and, and they produce very different things for the GM, not necessarily for the player. Players don't really know whether like, oh, this will. Yeah, they don't notice as much. This will yeah. tie into our actual question for tonight. Oh, OK, but should you save it? Um, I'll mention okay. it briefly and then we'll mention it in depth in the thing. Okay. Players can't actually tell the difference whether you're ad libbing or not. You have to actually tell yeah. them that you were. Yeah. So prep. You don't don't tell them that you did if right. you don't want them to know. So prep for so doing a game with prep and doing a game without prep is actually a GM preference to the style of the way they want to experience the game. Uh huh. It's actually it's actually a very GM centric thing. It has it has yeah. slightly less to do with players because I forget who has mentioned this to me. Somebody was like emergent play for players. I'm like all play is emergent for players. Players, players come to the game not knowing. Happening. Right. They don't know what's happening. Everything's emergent <laughs> yeah. for them. But emergent yeah. play for a GM yep, is actually very different, whether yes. you have emergent play or not. Um, yeah. And I only like to GM if I have some level of emergent play. Yeah. And that's right? that's a that's a very um, it is a style of play for a GM to decide what they would like. Based on what they get out of the experience. Why are you bumping that? Put your hands on your head. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put your hands on your head because that's what happens when you bump the mic on pandas. I know what I needed to be able to see the notes. And also, like, I realized I was hunched forward in a really terrible way. Because and those are the things we do team. before we hit the clicky button. I know. I we actually it. we actually arrange our mics and stuff. And then we begin. But I thought I had. I thought but, I had. but you didn't. <laughs> but, I didn't. but you that's didn't. So what happens? That's why your hands are on your head. Correct. <laughs> That is that panda rules. <laughs> and now we can start the show. <laughs> now we can start the show because now I fucked up so that we could all laugh. I got you to snort laugh. And now <laughs> you didn't. I wasn't snorting. You go back and listen. There's a snort laugh in there. <laughs> it's little. There it is. And there it is again. <laughs>
show. It's a bingo I'm board. Start, Check. I'm going to start throwing it in earlier so I don't have to edit as much. I don't think you could fake the snort laugh. I think I would know. Uh, We're almost at 100 episodes. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure at this point I would know if you faked the snort laugh. Bloop. <laughs> this is a really strangely awkward conversation. Is it? <laughs> It should what wait, what was bloop. Delete, delete, delete. Delete, delete, delete. Delete, delete, delete. You did that intentionally. Bloop. Well, now we'll certainly be getting rid of some okay. of this content. <laughs> and we when start. we have to delete have... parts of the outtakes, it oh, must shit. be time to start the show. What is going on? Do you want to stop the recording so you can reposition everything? No, because my Hang on, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just moving some stuff around. I can't. Okay, hang on. I'm just trying to find. I don't know what the position is tonight. Like downward that. facing panda. <laughs> yeah, downward facing panda and um. Waveform pose. Bloop. <laughs> anyway, please let's start. Do you know how much editing I'm gonna? Have it's to way better do than already? that pose called "Show Me What You Got." Oh God! Are you sure that's not downward facing? Dog? I mean, it could be if you're not doing if you're not doing downward facing panda right. It is. It turns into "Show Me What You Got." Yeah, show me what you got. Or if you're wearing those uh, Lululemon pants that are like turned transparent when they're stretched. Ah, uh, yeah. Whoops. Anyway, oh my god, start the show. 20, 22 minutes in. Start the show. 23, start the show. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Shh. It's time to start the show. <laughs> you better be because it's 24 minutes in, please. It's time to please, set please. the music. It's time. It's time to light the lights. It's time to get things. <laughs> time to time. get things started on the panda show tonight. <laughs> oh my god, that's our new opening. Uh huh. That's our new. Op- <laughs> the waveform. The waveform showed. Bloop. I need PK Sullivan and like I need PK Sullivan and Blake Ryan to play like uh, Waldorf and Statler. Like <laughs> they call this a show. <laughs> They haven't even started Sorry. yet. You're 23 minutes Good in. God. 24 minutes in. Are you ready? That's like almost a half a show of nothing. It's like uh-huh, we basically nothing. recorded That's a like... Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to have to edit through all of this nonsense. Yeah, that's why you're the best. That's why you're the best co-host ever. Mm-hmm. We can't even do this. There's a lot. Yeah. It's really long. We went too long in the beginning. Okay. You still doing it. You just said you weren't gonna do it. But honestly, we, we kind of did what, what, it before what? too, right? No, but what, but what, but what? Sorry. But what what what? This is gonna be such a shit show to edit. <laughs> what Let's is just keep even happening? Just power through. Power through. This thing's I don't know. a disaster. You were about let's to go. Say, you were to say, say what you were going to say. Let's 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 put some gems in this thing before. Like let let's put some signal in this noise. Ready? Uh huh. Bloop. Yes, we should get on with the questions. But you just read all the red part. That's why I was confused. <laughs> wing it, wing it, GM. <laughs> just wing it. 
just say it. I okay. accidentally read your part. Uh-huh. It's so okay. I'm going to read you your read... part now. There you go. <laughs> well, advantage to insight is, damn it, I did the thing. Ah. This this one doesn't work. <clears throat> Bloop, they're full size. <laughs> this one's a little extra large. This actually. one's huge. Keep going. This one's a little roomy, little roomy in the waist by the by the <laughs> count. We got to keep going. Don't don't correct. Don't correct. We got to just keep going. Otherwise, we're never getting out of here. Bloop. That was funny because me what you, you did the thing show where you were like, "I'm ending the show as fast as I can, but I'm going to go off on a sidetrack about iTunes and Apple Podcasts." Yeah, of course. You know that's me. <laughs> Because it's stupid. Because because Apple Podcast is stupid. <laughs> iTunes is perfectly acceptable, but somehow yeah. they had to make like another product out of one product. I know they're really. It's made, one product. It's really it's, a mess. <laughs> it, you don't go to Apple Podcast to find podcasts. You go to iTunes to find podcasts. Why is it called Apple Podcast? I don't know. I'm gonna click on the icon. There's an icon on my toolbar because <laughs> I have a Mac no, and they clock. installed. They installed the software. We got Like I didn't. Can we stop? Recording I I didn't. No. 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 The I'm looking at it right now. The thing says <laughs> iTunes. I'm clicking it right. Right. iTunes is opening. <laughs> Where is Apple Podcasts? <laughs> uh, there's a thing that says podcasts. <laughs> I'm looking at podcasts inside iTunes. This Apple Podcast thing is stupid. <laughs> So anyway, can say we, goodbye. Can we stop, please? Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>